Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today on this Friday. We have survived yet another week in Biden's America, but just barely. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore. And Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also, shoot me an email about this show. Let me know what's on your mind to Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. That's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I read them all, I see them all, and I might read yours on the air. We're going to have your emails as usual at the end of the show. Uh, we've got a lot to do today. I want to deal with Mrs. Pelosi's trip to Asia and Taiwan, and I want to deal with America's fiercest enemy, the Chinese Communist Party which has been and continues to methodically chip away at American superpower. Tensions are probably the highest they have been in a very long time. So we're going to discuss all of it with my longtime friend, Frank Gaffney, who is one of the smartest and fiercest China hawks in America. Very important conversation with him coming up. Also today, I want to deal with the Obscene Spending Taxes and Crazy-Ass Inflation Act of 2022 and what you can expect from it, because as of now, all Senate Democrats are on board. So get ready for your IRS audit, plus, as I said, your emails. First up, the Monica Memo. Well, I never thought that I'd see the day when Dick Cheney became a broken man. 
But alas, here we are. The guy who was so tough and so hardcore that the left called him Darth Vader, remember that? He's been reduced to whining about Donald Trump. Donald Trump broke many, many people. I did not think that Dick Cheney would be one of them, but he's just officially fallen apart in service of his daughter's quixotic re-election campaign in Wyoming. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from a fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. And she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will too. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. So apparently Darth Vader has met his match, and it's not the CCP or Iran or Russia or Al-Qaeda. No, it's the blue-collar businessman from New York. So we have all learned that Dick Cheney is less Darth Vader and more Rachel Maddow, a believer in propaganda and an establishment hack. It really pains me to say this because I've always admired Cheney and what I thought was his strength, but now we know better. Dick Cheney, like the rest of them, is a swamp dweller and and just as pathetic as the rest of them, truly pathetic. All of these people are being ruined by Donald Trump, and I'm here for it, okay? I'm here for it. But all of these people have got to be banished, all of them. We've got to run them out of the American political bloodstream, and we're doing it via primaries. We're doing it via elections. We're doing it by casting our choice with our ballots. This is what Arizona was all about this last week. Maricopa County, I mean, it took them, what, days to get their votes in, but now it is official. All of the MAGA candidates who are running for high elected office in Arizona, from Kerry Lake to Blake Masters to Abe Hamaday, they have all won. This was a clean sweep. This is the future. This is the new right. And we are winning. Speaking of the new right, Governor DeSantis is leading the charge of the new right. And he's also leading the charge in terms of winning. Yesterday, he made a very bold move that every Republican governor should be doing. He suspended a Tampa area elected, elected, very important state attorney, who recently became the only prosecutor in Florida to sign a pledge that he would not prosecute people under a whole range of laws, including the state's newly enacted abortion law, and also trans-related laws. So he said he's not going to enforce any of those, which is his job. 
The suspension of 13th Judicial Circuit State Attorney Andrew Warren is effective immediately. And it comes as this guy is like a a rising star in Florida's Democratic circles. And DeSantis is like, I don't care. Your job is to enforce the law in the state of Florida. You're not doing it. You're picking and choosing which laws to enforce. And that's not how we run the state. And that's not how we run the country. Again, it was about the state's new uh, 15-week abortion law. And it was about the transgender uh, treatments for minors in the state of Florida. He said he's not doing it. And Santis said, bye, Felicia. Here is Governor DeSantis making the announcement. You don't elect people in one part of the state to have veto power over what the entire state decides on these important issues. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to perform those duties. And so today we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately. This is how it's done. This is exactly how it's done. I've been making this point on this podcast for a while. Governor DeSantis is really the only high-profile Republican, as far as I can see, and we've got a lot of good ones, but DeSantis is the only one, as far as I can see, who has actually internalized the lessons from Donald Trump. You do not give them an inch. You give them no quarter. You stand up and you fight back and you mirror them. You hold up a mirror and you mirror them. Now, the left engages in stealing and fraud and illegal activity and shady behavior. And I'm not saying our side should do that, but we should mirror them in terms of fighting to the political death for what's right. Because Lord knows they're fighting to the political death for what they want, which is a neo-communist agenda. It doesn't matter if you're talking about Roe v. Wade or you're talking about this transgender uh, agenda for minors. It doesn't matter what issue you're talking about because the ultimate objective for them is the same, communism. And we get lost in all of that. You know, they've got us fighting uh, amongst ourselves on these top line issues, which are very important, protecting our children from the womb all the way up. All of that is critical, but understand that they are only using those issues in service of their ultimate objective, which is communism. So don't get lost in the weeds. They've got to tear down the the rule of law in order to effectuate all of this. And this is what Governor DeSantis is doing. He is not giving them an inch, no quarter. This is how you fight the communists. And of course, the left in Florida and all over the country, they're all in meltdown over this, blasting him for doing what's right and necessary to preserve the rule of law. I think actually he may have gotten the idea from uh, Lee Zeldin, who is the Republican candidate running for governor in the state of New York, our good friend Lee Zeldin, who has said repeatedly on the campaign trail that if he is elected governor of New York, the very first thing he is going to do is can the Soros-backed prosecutor in New York City, 
Alvin Bragg, who is just allowing these criminals to, they, they go into the system and then within hours they're back on the street. Look at what happened uh, to the guy who attacked him. Within hours, back on the street. And the governor in the state of New York has the power and the authority to remove any prosecutor in the state who is not upholding the rule of law and who is not prosecuting crimes and who is not adhering to their oath. So Zeldin has been out there for weeks, if not months, saying on day one, he's going to can Alvin Bragg in New York City and maybe others across the state of New York if they're not doing their jobs. And I think perhaps DeSantis saw that and said, hey, wait a minute, do I have the same authority? Probably knew. He's Harvard Law. He probably knew. But the fact that he did it is amazing. It's absolutely extraordinary and correct. And by the way, what is holding back all of these other Republican governors? Although I must say that a lot of these Soros-backed prosecutors are in deep blue states like California and Illinois and others, but there are some sprinkled in some red states. So if in those states the governor does have the authority to remove these prosecutors, then by all means do it. And if it applies to you as a sitting Republican governor and you're not doing it, guess what? Ron DeSantis just made you look really, really bad. Ron DeSantis is exercising and demonstrating the new right. We no longer play on their turf. We no longer play according to their rules. We no longer accept their steamrolling of the Constitution, of the rule of law, of free market capitalism. We no longer accept it. We no longer accept their premises. This is a really important point, you guys, because we all watch the propaganda press or at least absorb it through osmosis because you can't, you really can't avoid it in this world. Every little thing that you hear, if you flip on MSNBC, God forbid, or CNN, God forbid, if you just happen to stumble into them, take a second to really be aware of what you are hearing because all of their premises have built in inaccuracies, untruths, lies, every single one. And they just throw out these premises as if they're accepted fact. And have you noticed that every leftist always speaks with this air of authority? And if you disagree, they look at you condescendingly like, well, you're incredibly wrong. And they have that whole authoritarian attitude that intimidates a lot of people. But not us. Not us in the new right. No more. Listen and pay close attention to their buried premises in every single thing that they say. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's obvious. It's like clearly a lie. But sometimes they do it in a lot more subtle way where they bury their lies and untruths deep into what they're saying, and then they present it in a way as if it's accepted fact. And everybody just sort of goes along with it. Any segment on MSNBC or CNN, when you listen to it closely with your ear attuned to the premises that they have built in, you will become aware of how they bury these things. 
in every single thing that they say as a way to, to raise the foundation of the conversation to this accepted level of their lies. Okay, that's what they're doing in terms of how they language things, how they present things to get you to accept the baseline premises that is factually untrue or morally abhorrent. This is what they do. So listen closely for this stuff. They build in all of these dishonest, inaccurate premises into everything they say and do. And they force us to answer based on their lies and distortions. And once you're, once you're aware of it, you can't unsee it and you can't unhear it. So really train yourself to listen closely for it and pick it apart in your brain so you're aware of what is coming at you. Well, no more. No more. Donald Trump led the way and Ron DeSantis leads now too. No more being steamrolled by the Democrat communists. Welcome to the new right. When we come back, I want to switch gears a little bit and tell you what to expect now that you're aware of their buried premises and lies. I want to tell you what to expect of this obscene spending taxes and crazy ass inflation act, which we are getting now, thanks to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Back in a flash. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. Well, I, I want to talk about the economy because you know we got a very strong jobs report for the month of July, uh, over 528,000 new jobs added to the economy. Keep in mind, the White House is lying to you when they say that these are jobs created. They are not jobs created. They are still jobs recovered. We're not quite back at the level where we were in terms of uh, employment, where we were pre-pandemic, when we had to shut down the entire U.S. economy. 
and it threw a lot of people out of work and obviously threw the entire economy into turmoil um, for a while until we started opening back up again under President Trump. And then all of Trump's pro-growth economic policies kicked back in. So when we began opening up in like May of 2020, the economy was roaring back. I mean, we had jobs reports, over a million jobs added back to the economy in May and June of 2020. And then toward the end of 2020, started to stabilize a bit. And then, of course, after the election, when we all saw that Joe Biden was going to be our, quote, president, end quote, uh, the economy started pulling back because the markets and everybody else knew what was coming, or at least suspected it. So there was a huge damper put on the economy then at the time. But when we started to open under Trump, things were roaring back. And then, you know, when the Democrats took total control, the giant wet blanket that was thrown on the economy in terms of spending and crushing regulations, higher taxes, all of this created an inflationary environment that is just beyond belief. We're all living through that now. Um, and really slowed things down. So if Biden had just done nothing, if the Democrats in Congress had done nothing and just allowed the Trump economy to keep going, the recovery would have been tremendous. Leaps and bounds. And we would have been back to pre-pandemic levels of employment long time ago. It's only now that we are dragging ourselves across the finish line of getting back to pre-pandemic levels of employment. We're slowly getting there. But do not, again, buried in the premises when they say, oh, 528,000 jobs created. No, not jobs created, jobs recovered. They have not created a single job since they have been in office. Not one. And now... We've got another catastrophe coming down the pike. We're the ones that are going to be left holding the bag on this. If you think the economy is bad now, just wait. Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema, and and this is amazing. Okay, you've got two Democrat senators representing the state of Arizona. That is a reminder on a week where we just saw the America First candidates do a clean sweep on the Republican side in what is still a relatively red state, Arizona, my birth state. So Mark Kelly is up for re-election in November. I have a feeling he is going down to Blake Masters. We'll see, but I think so. His poll numbers are not looking so good. Here is Kirsten Cinema. She's up in two years in 24. Kirsten Cinema has joined West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin in turning their backs on the American people to approve the Obscene Spending Taxes and Crazy Ass Inflation Act of 2022. We might as well call this thing the Another Nail in America's Coffin Act. What was Kirsten Cinema holding out for? Well, she talked a good game for months about really wanting to uh, not go down the road of higher taxes. We're in a recession now. And she, she was really, she was pitching a fit about a lot of stuff. And so we assumed, again, buried premises, uh, we assumed that she was going to torpedo this thing or, or maybe she made a deal with Manchin where he took the heat on the first round with Build Back Better and she was going to take the heat on this one. It's all wishful thinking. It's all fantasy land. These are Democrat communists. I don't care who they are. So never trust any one of them. 
They're not with us. They're not on our side. They will never be. So we got to stop falling for their song and dance because they're just trying to squeeze what they want out of Schumer and Biden and the powers that be on their side. So forget it. Not a single one of them is going to stand up to this this insanity. So Kristen Cinema, I guess one of her big things was the carried interest tax provisions, and she has now agreed to move forward with this monstrosity, this tax and climate bill, after she struck a deal uh, to have the carried interest tax provisions removed from the legislation. So. No taxes for private equity billionaires who support her and countless other Democrats, but taxes for you and me and everyone else. Okay? That's what this is all about. When Biden and the White House and the Democrats on Capitol Hill talk about, we're not raising taxes for anybody earning less than $400,000, that is another lie. Again, buried premises. That is a straight-up lie because all of the bipartisan analysis of this, as well as the Republican analysis of this act, shows that it is going to be raising taxes on everyone earning about $30,000 or more. That's pretty much everybody in America. You will be getting a higher tax bill. This is insanity in the, in the midst of a raging recession and raging inflation and sky-high gas prices, it doesn't matter to them. Again, what matters to them is the fundamental transformation of the nation. And that's what this spending bill, like everything else they have done, they use it as a lever to achieve that. Get us closer to communism. That's what this is. Here's another point. It is insane that IRS funding in this bill is a higher Biden priority than staffing the military and border security. Here's a CNN headline from a couple of days ago, which caught my attention because it's so terrifying. The Army is projecting it will likely fall short of its recruiting goal by as many as 40,000 troops over two years. Guys, there are many reasons for this, not least of which is that the Biden administration is kicking tens of thousands of troops out for refusing the experimental shots. But there are a lot of reasons for this, but we're hemorrhaging tens of thousands of people who have voluntarily, voluntarily stepped forward to serve their country, but they're going to get kicked out because they won't put the needle in their arm with the experimental God knows what. So we are way down on troop levels and recruiting is also way down to very dangerous levels. So what's Biden going to do about that? Well, he's going to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. Here's a headline from Bloomberg. Biden poised to get win on $80 billion IRS funding in reconciliation package. So while Biden is spending $80 billion to double the number of IRS agents and auditors, The army is falling short of its recruitment goals for our national security. At the same time, the border patrol is running short of agents in places like Arizona and Texas. The border is so porous right now 
that even the mayors of Northeast cities like Muriel Bowser in D.C. and Eric Adams in New York, they're, they're complaining about illegal immigration being such a drain, such a strain on their systems, right? Yet the cost of the entire border security at Homeland Security is estimated at about $55 billion a year which is less than the entire increase in IRS funding to harass you and me. This tells you everything that you need to know about the Biden administration's priorities and the Democrats' priorities. The U.S. military falling apart, which is what they want. Border security falling apart, which is what they want. Guys, this is a controlled demolition of the U.S. economy and the entire U.S. system. It doesn't matter to Kirsten Cinema that poll after poll in the state of Arizona shows that the American people do not want this bill. They hate this bill. They're opposed to it. Doesn't matter to her. She got her carried interest tax provision removed. So her private equity billionaire donors are well protected. But you and me, again, we are left holding the bag. We're the ones left bearing the brunt of the consequences of the ruling class's actions, okay? Time and time again, we are done with this. That's why you're seeing America First candidates winning across the board. It has less to do with Donald Trump and his endorsements, although those are critically important. It has to do with the fact that we, the American people, are sick and tired of having the, the, the institutions that are there to protect us, like the Army, the U.S. military, our police forces. They're constantly getting screwed or the billionaires being protected. I'm not doing class warfare here. I'm just saying that the middle class, the working class, the poor, those of us who make this country run every day, we're the ones getting screwed. And it's all in service of the Democrat communist ultimate goal, which is to move this country into communism. There's no other way to say it. And there is this revolution brewing I mean, the Democrat communists are so extreme and so devoted to their communist goal. And then on the other side, we've got America First candidates like Donald Trump, uh, Ron DeSantis, Carrie Lake in Arizona that are racking up wins left and right. The clash is here. And I'm afraid a more intense clash is coming. So brace and prepare. Make your base secure. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of those clashes coming from the outside, which is the CCP in China. We're going to be joined here shortly by Frank Gaffney, who is going to talk to us about uh, the threat, Pelosi's trip, what it all means, and the things that he is doing to push back on the threat. More coming up on the other side. All right, guys, welcome back. Well, never before have we had a president so deeply compromised by our main enemies. We've had corrupt presidents before, but nothing like this one, where the corruption is largely is largely based on selling out and selling America out to our worst enemies. Joe Biden is a commander in chief who is deeply, deeply compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And that has shown itself in his constant help 
to our mortal enemy in achieving its strategic objective of destroying us, destroying the United States, and dominating the world. He has stopped counterintelligence operations against China's espionage. He is ending tariffs on China's imports. He's arrested two Americans that the CCP has sanctioned by name who served in the Trump administration, Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro. And he is in the process of wrecking our energy sector uh, on which we are we were totally independent under President Trump. And now we are completely dependent on regimes that really hate us. So anything that Joe Biden can do to help the CCP and hurt us here at home, he is doing. That's why this next conversation is critically important. I'm delighted to welcome my longtime friend and fierce warrior for freedom, Frank Gaffney. Frank is the executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy. He is also the vice chairman of the Committee on the Present Danger, China, which is doing extraordinary work. Frank, welcome. Monica, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you, and congratulations on this wonderful new platform. I couldn't be more pleased that you have it. Well, I appreciate the kind words, Frank. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining us uh, here today to talk about the most important, pressing, imminent, existential threat facing all of us, and there's a lot to get to uh, with you. I want to center our conversation on the existential threat, as I said, facing us from the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, because that is a hydra-headed threat. It's a multi-layered threat, and one I think that's more dangerous than the one that we ever faced from the Soviet Union. So let's begin with uh, Speaker Pelosi. She made a trip to the region over the last week or so, and she did make a step in uh, a stop in Taiwan, which was considered very provocative by Beijing. What was your read on her trip? What did it accomplish, if anything? I think it demonstrated to the Taiwanese uh, that there is uh, actually bipartisan support for them. That's a morale boost at a difficult moment. I think it was uh, courageous of Nancy Pelosi, and I am no fan of hers, uh, to make the trip in the face of Chinese threats to shoot down her plane if she did it. Now, she went and left. The Chinese have now seized upon this as a pretext for doing what they were preparing to do anyway, which is to intensify their pressure on Taiwan in the hopes of achieving what they call reunification with the mainland without fighting. And that's now taking the form of uh, what amounts to a blockade of Taiwan, at least for the next few days. We'll see whether it is extended beyond that. I think it probably will be. But I don't think this was caused by Nancy Pelosi's trip as much as it's uh, something that the Chinese Communist Party, as you say, our existential threat of this time and arguably the greatest we've ever faced in our country, was intent on doing it anyway. And the question that really is at issue now, I think, is will they accompany these very provocative actions, and, and by the way, sending ballistic missiles over the island with a direct, actual, violent invasion of the place. And if so, will it be accompanied by attacks on our assets, 
our personnel and maybe even our territory, which I don't think can be ruled out at all. What do you think the CCP is learning from Vladimir Putin's experience in Ukraine? I mean, obviously, those two are working hand in glove in a lot of different ways, along with Iran and the rest of America's enemies. But the Russians and the Chinese are really in close communication and close coordination on pretty much every level. So when you, if you're sitting in the Kremlin and you're Vladimir Putin, Frank, what, you know, what are you telling the Chinese about what you are encountering in Ukraine? And then if you're sitting in Beijing watching this and you're President Xi in China, what are you taking away from the Russian experience there? Well, I, I think that's a really important question. And, and just to set the predicate for it, what we're witnessing Monica, as you know, is not just close cooperation. There has been announced by the Chinese and the Russians a so-called no-limits partnership. And we did a very interesting webinar last week on this issue of uh, how does this add to the unrestricted warfare that the Chinese Communist Party has been engaged in against us. And I think in a variety of ways, it, it's uh, making it much more dangerous because I think the Chinese are not only seeing what happens when you invade a place the West ostensibly cares about, um, but you also are seeing that this alignment between at least two powerful nuclear weapon states um, makes both of them more aggressive and more confident that they will be able to succeed in their respective ambitions. In the case of Putin, I think it's, you know, uh, to grab as much of Europe as he can. In the case of uh, Xi, it's to grab as much of the rest of the world <laughs> as he can. And it's it's reinforcing. And I think the lessons learned for Xi from this is that um, uh, if you probe if you see what you can get away with, uh, with the likes of Joe Biden and and uh, the other assorted leaders, so-called, of the West, uh, you will probably get away with it. The cost will be perhaps um, economic to some extent, but even there, uh, especially with this relationship between the Russians and Chinese, they're manageable. And I think if that is indeed the takeaway, and I suspect it is because I think that Putin is saying that to Xi, and I think Xi is concluding it on his own right, you're going to see more aggression uh, in both quarters. And that's not a good thing, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I do think that even though the Ukrainian adventure for Putin has been very messy and not as easy as he thought it would be, uh, I think all of America's enemies understand that they've got a limited window of opportunity here with an extremely weak, perhaps the weakest American president that has ever been, uh, to take advantage around the world and advance their interests and seize what they'd like to seize. And that window of opportunity is not going to last much longer. I mean, two years with this weak commander in chief. But if Republicans take control of one or both houses of Congress come January 1st, then there will be a Additional restrictions. So the, the window is slight for them, and I think they understand that. And I think that's why you are going to see an increased aggression on the part of the CCP, not only in the Pacific Rim toward Taiwan and, mm-hmm. and others, but our other allies there in the region are very, very concerned Japan, South Korea, and the rest, right? 
They are, and they should be. I mean, the Chinese and Russians have been uh, circumnavigating Japan with, um, you know, combatant warships. They've been um, inserting themselves inside uh, Japan's economic zone. Uh, they've seized territory from the Philippines. Uh, they've, you know, done the same with the Vietnamese. This is this is a moment when, unfortunately, and you understand this so clearly, Monica, enemies of America, enemies of freedom, perceive a window of opportunity. I hope it is a finite one, and I hope that it's going to close as soon as November, but I, I fear it may not. And the point is, whatever their calculation is on how much time they have, I think they recognize this is the moment to seize. And, and you know, one of the questions that we're debating amongst ourselves is, uh, well, Xi surely won't want to risk the coronation he hopes to get for a third term at a people's Congress to be held sometime this fall by engaging in, you know, some sort of risky business with, with Taiwan or others for that matter. That doesn't seem to be the case to me. Um, and partly, I guess that's because he is indeed calculating that he can do it with impunity and whether he decides to actually take the next step, I think in part depends on, whether it's necessary. You know, the sons of the famous Chinese strategist millennia ago said it is better to win without fighting. And I think his hope is that with Biden here and with the kind of uh, a strangulation that he could do of Taiwan through this blockade, if it persists, um, he may be able to get what he wants there without having to actually run the risks of war. Without firing a shot. You know, it's such an important point. Yeah, because... I, I remember thinking, and I'm sure you probably thought this as well, that when when Vladimir Putin sent in tanks uh, rolling across the plains of Europe uh, into Ukraine, I thought, wow, it's the 21st century and we're still doing old school invasions like this? Mm. I, I couldn't believe that he actually took on Ukraine in that way. I think the Chinese are a lot smarter. I, I also think the strategic and practical and tactical differences um, are, are stark. So I understand that. But I also think the Chinese are a lot wiser in how they would go about this. Um, mm. And I also think, you know, they don't really necessarily want to take on the cost of an old school invasion. They'll just do it another way. A smarter way, a more 21st century way. Tell us about this new book, Frank, that is published uh, from the Committee on the Present Danger, China. It's called The CCP is at War with America. Very straightforward title, very meaningful title. Tell us what uh, what you guys argue in this book. Thanks, Monica. This this is a book that actually was a product of a, of a select group of people led by former House Intelligence Chairman Pete Hoekstra and former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, two really estimable people. And the rest of the gang was pretty impressive, too, including Dr. Stephen Hatfield, one of our country's preeminent experts on biological warfare. And what we argued was basically, we need a second opinion on the origins of this pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it turns out when you subject the facts to close scrutiny, um, the U.S. intelligence community has gotten it wrong in saying, well, we can't really tell. Maybe it was from nature. It was not from nature. This came out of a biological weapons laboratory. Not sure how it got out. But the point is, once it was out, the Chinese Communist Party deliberately 
purposefully, knowingly unleashed it on the rest of the world, including this country, in what we call a biological warfare attack. It's killed a million Americans, many millions others elsewhere around the world. It's done incalculable harm to our economy and to our society and to our constitutional freedoms, as you know. This is part and parcel, unfortunately, of the unrestricted warfare the Chinese Communist Party has been engaging in against America because we're the impediment to the realization of their ambitions. I was doing some interviews yesterday, and one of our colleagues uh, said, you know, the the old line in your very accomplished political scientist, Monica, the zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. is operating with China. They believe they can only win if we are destroyed. And they're pursuing that destruction so far with non-kinetic means, as they're called. But they did add into the mix of economic warfare, political warfare, you know, information operations, subversion, espionage, uh, elite capture, all that, biological warfare. And it turns out, and this is a really key piece of our book, that going back to about 20 years ago, uh, the then defense minister of China told a party cadre meeting in a secret conversation that the purpose of the Chinese biological warfare program was to depopulate the United States so that it could be colonized by China. And we believe that that's the path that they're on. And so they are at war with us, have been for quite some time. In May of 2019, Monica, I mean, if you can believe this, they actually, in the pages of their chief propaganda outlet, um, People's Daily, they announced that they were declaring a people's war against the United States. In other words, we're on notice of their intent and what they're doing, and we certainly have plenty of evidence of the damage it's doing to us. We persist, especially under this administration, and I think you put your finger on a key reason why Joe Biden's compromise, and by the way, that a lot of his subordinates by the Chinese Communist Party, we continue to try to pretend that's not the case to our extreme peril. And I think what's playing out in Taiwan as we speak is evidence that the Chinese believe the time is ripe, the moment is opportune for them to go to the next step of actual kinetic operations if they see fit to do so. Mm. You know, throughout our history, our enemies have always told us exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. Frank, whether it's Mein Kampf with Adolf Hitler, whether it was the Soviet communists, you name it, they put it right out there. They make no mystery of where they stand and what they intend. And yet time and again, the United States and the West slumbers. They sleep right through it. Wishful thinking kicks in. Well, they don't really mean it. They're not really going to act in the way that they're telling us they're going to. And every single time they hit us, they do exactly what they have telegraphed they're going to do. And in this case, the Chinese are no exception. And we keep slumbering through it. Not only that, but we do have a commander in chief that is even worse than slumbering. He is essentially Mm -hmm. on their side. I mean, he's engaged in the other team. Yeah, Mm -hmm. playing for the I mean, to me, you know, nobody wants to use the T word treason. But I think I think it is applicable in this case. And how we fight back once we get a change of leadership, if it's not too late by then, is going to be critical. So you have something else, uh, Frank, that the book, uh, that the CCP is at war with America, that's the title of the book, but that book has also informed something called The Brief. Tell us about that. 
Yeah. Um, first of all, let me just say people can get for free a downloadable PDF copy of the book, The CCP is at War with America, at ccpatwar.com. And I urge people to to look there. And and to your question, Monica, we don't want this to be another important book or report that winds up on a dusty bookshelf unread. So what we're trying to do, because the time is so critical, and your study of history has, has correctly informed your understanding that they're telling us exactly what they're going to do. And so we have to be now alive to that. That starts with being informed about what they're up to and then taking some specific concrete steps in response. For that purpose, we've put together what we call the brief, and it's our hope to get it in front of as many people who are standing for elective office this fall as possible, uh, not uh, both parties. I mean, this is not a partisan issue. We want them to be aware of what the Chinese are up to, the implications of allowing it to continue unchecked, and what we need to do to check it. And people can find out more about the brief, and most especially if they would, your audience, I suspect, would be particularly helpful in this regard, to connect us with people who are seeking their votes right now, who perhaps with their help might be willing to take this brief. It takes about a half an hour. We think it's really valuable. The two candidates for governor of Colorado, uh, a challenger by the name of uh, Heidi Genolf, a uh, Genolf rather, a, uh, a Republican, the nominee for governor, and her opponent, the serving governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, both took the brief. Uh, a couple of weeks ago now, and both found it very informative, very important. And we would like to make sure that others have the opportunity to do so as well. So please go to ccpatwar.com. You can find out more about uh, the brief itself and also how you can help us ensure that it gets into the right hands. And we really need that because, uh, Monica, you were a very young person at the time, as I recall, but again, as a student of these things, you you know of what happened in 1980, which was that Ronald Reagan recognized that that time's existential threat to freedom, the Soviet Union, was going to succeed in destroying this country, which was also their purpose, um, if we did not break with a program that your old boss, Richard Nixon, uh, practiced for a time, detente. And Reagan sought a mandate from the American people to go in a different direction. Uh, he called it rollback. And, you know, we win, they lose. A strategy of actually defeating the Soviet Union. He got the mandate from the American people in that election. And he acted upon it uh, with, again, historic effect. We need a similar kind of course correction today. We don't have a presidential race. We don't have a Reagan, heavens knows. But we do have an opportunity, as you said, for this election to be a moment for a course correction that is desperately needed vis-a-vis -vis the Chinese Communist Party. 
Absolutely. And we need as many people taking the brief uh, as possible, not just elected officials um, and candidates, but all of us. So please visit ccpatwar.com to get more information about the brief, but also to download a copy of the book version, which is the CCP is at war with America. It's done by the Committee on the Present Danger, China, of which uh, Frank is the vice chairman. This is so critically important because every American needs to understand that Chinese threat, again, is a hydra-headed threat. It's not just economic or military. It also includes flooding this country with fentanyl and other drugs to the, mm-hmm. to the point where we've got 100,000 dead Americans just from fentanyl overdoses. That fentanyl originates in China, then comes across the border or in other ports of entry to the United States. It's also cultural. It is geopolitical, geostrategic. The Chinese are a lot smarter than the Soviets ever were. They know what they want, which is world domination, and they never take their eyes off that prize. That's why we need to elect leaders, and frankly, we all need to be informed and involved as to what this threat really means for the American way of life and for our future. And so for that, Frank, I want to thank you for your hard work. I mean, you are relentless in covering this threat and trying to educate the American people about it. And for that, we thank you. Thank you, and you are too. And we are so grateful for all of the vehicles that uh, that you use, Monica, to help educate our public and our policymakers. And uh, Godspeed, my friend. God well, bless you. Thank you so much, and God bless you too. Frank Gaffney, he is the executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy. He's also the vice chairman of the Committee on the Present Danger China. Go get their new book. You can download it for free at ccpatwar.com. The book is called The CCP is at War with America. And of course, the, the other version of it is called The Brief. So go to ccpatwar.com and educate yourself on this threat. Tell everybody, because if we're not on top of this threat, we're going to have no country left. Frank Gaffney, thank you so much. God bless you. Take care. You bet. All right, guys, time now for the Friday email bag, my favorite email bag, because it's Friday. (laughs) Send me an email, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right, we went a little long on the show today, so we're going to hit one email on the subject of climate change hierarchy, not hypocrisy. Remember, this is hierarchy. The ruling class gets away with everything. The rest of us get away with nothing. On the subject of uh, climate change hierarchy, Chris writes, we are less than 4% of the world population. The other 96% will pollute more each day. You are correct, Monica, control, power, and money. Obama is the local potentate. Biden is a victim of elder abuse. How sad. Best regards, Chris. Well, thank you, Chris. First, it is true that because the world's most populous countries, China and India, are doing nothing on climate, in fact, just yesterday or today, Uh, China announced that it was cutting off any kind of military cooperation with the U.S. and also any climate cooperation with the U.S. out of retaliation for Pelosi's trip, which we just talked about with Frank. Um, First of all, they were doing nothing on climate anyway, so that's completely meaningless. So all of this is just... It, it means nothing. So while China and India are doing nothing on climate, 
instead focusing on actually growing their economies, what we do on climate is like spitting into the ocean. Zero effect. But the Democrat communists who lead us believe in hamstringing us so that those other economies pass ours, including China. They want us to fall behind because remember, they do not think that we are worthy of power, never mind superpower status. They don't believe that we're good enough or moral enough to lead. So they're doing everything they can to take us down. They want China to pass us. They want India to pass us. They want us just to be another country on the UN ledger, not anything special, not unique, not exceptional. That's it. It's a hard truth, but it's a truth that every American needs to internalize and understand. And once you understand that, everything else that they're doing makes total sense. As for your point, Chris, about it being sad that Joe Biden is a victor of elder abuse, I respectfully disagree. It's not sad. It's infuriating that we are in this situation as a country with a president with dementia because the left's power brokers installed him because he was a malleable puppet. We don't feel sadness. We feel anger. We feel fury that the country is in this position, weak and stumbling because of our weak and stumbling president. Thank you very much for the note, Chris. And if you guys want your voices heard and your emails read by me, send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for me. And that is a wrap on the week. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. And thank you so much for checking out all of our tremendous sponsors on the show. They believe in the show. They believe in me. They believe in you. So do them the favor of checking them out. Okay. Anyway, have a great weekend. Enjoy this uh, summertime respite. First weekend in August. Can you believe it? Summer is flying by. So take the time and enjoy it with your friends and your family. And I will see you right back here on Monday where we're going to have a fabulous show with my newly minted foreign correspondent, James Melville. He doesn't know yet that he's my newly minted foreign correspondent, but he is fantastic on Twitter. He is anti-globalist, anti-World Economic Forum. He truly gets it. He's supporting Europe's farmers and truckers and all the things that were like one or two steps behind Europe in pushing back on this stuff. He is leading the charge. So that is going to be a tremendous interview. So get ready for Monday's show. In the meantime, enjoy yourselves, stay safe, and God bless.